There's something really curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Commence episode now. All systems remain nominal. Nominal, nominal, Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal, your monthly look at all things science fact and science fiction. Well, it's the beginning of the month once again and we're going into May. And as we all know, it's not the greatest time to be looking up at the sky because it's it's light a lot of the time. But there is still some great things to see out there. And what we normally do at the beginning of the month is have our sky guide. And usually we have Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy on board. But unfortunately, because of work commitments and different bits and pieces, that wasn't possible so we've had to deputize this time round. and if you're familiar with the show you probably know this voice it's will chung how you doing sir hey mark how you doing man doing fine good it's been a while since you've been on the show isn't it probably about about a year yeah has it been a year it seems like a long time but also not that long it's been a weird <laughs> do you know what i mean it's everything just strange at the moment isn't it in terms of yeah everything just rolls into one doesn't it yeah exactly Great to be back though, really excited to be back. We're lucky to have you today actually because everything's a bit manic for you because as we record this, you're getting married tomorrow, aren't you? <laughs> yes, yes, that is the plan. It's uh, it's honestly, I am kind of known as Mr. Last Minute, you know, like literally everything is done to the minute is, is what usually people say about me and... I only started planning this wedding 12 days ago. Wow. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. <laughs> but usually with the last minute things, it goes well, usually. When somebody's been planning something for ages and ages and tried to plan it to the last degree, it's never going to go 100% perfect. But when you're just off the cuff... That's what I hope, my friend. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to see. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, anything that's been last minute that I'm like, oh no, this is, and I, hey, this is why it's done last minute. You're going to get these last minute changes. So you might as well, you know, get it all done. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, uh, it's, it's an interesting time. <laughs> so apart from rushing around and things, you've um, had a lot of interest in your photography and stuff, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know, I had a stargazing event, Twice Brewed, March the 5th. There was an aurora um, going off in the background, clear skies. And I got a group of the families that were with me. I said, hey, do you fancy a photograph of the aurora and the stars? And they were like, yeah, why not? And long story short, this family uh, queued up and they had to stay still for three seconds for the shot, for the long exposure shot. And just as I clicked the button, this massive shooting star appeared above them. They were the only people that didn't see it. Everyone else saw it. So everyone was everyone else was like gasping, saying, whoa. And they were thinking, wow, everyone's really enthusiastic for our photo here. <laughs> and it was only when I told them, there's a massive shooting star. And uh, so we got caught on camera and it just went absolutely viral. It went around the world, American news, Sri Lankan news, BBC news. It was just absolutely nuts. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. That's Steve and Louise and their children, Harry and Rose, at Twice Brewed, that stargazing night, and Will managed to capture that shot just as a shooting star passed behind them as they were watching the Northern Lights. Never gonna happen again, like, never. People messaged me afterwards saying, hey, um, can you get a shot like that for our family? You know, I'm like, it's not gonna happen. It's like, it's so rare. And that's why it went just crazy. So yeah, it's just amazing. 
on the theme of auroras you've been doing what you love and you've been over to iceland again haven't you yeah i've, I've been a few times so i take groups to iceland you know to do these tours because now is we're heading towards the peak of the solar maximum so lots and lots more aurora are happening and it's a great time to go so my dream is to try and get people to see it you know it's it's a fantastic bucket list thing and uh, i just absolutely love it i can't wait to go back again but the aura season's ending now so i'll have to be september october now which is an awesome time to see anything because especially in scandinavia the nights draw in a lot closer than they do over here yeah yeah and, and actually i would love to spend a long extended period of time you know in darkness mm-hmm. you know imagine i've just run out of memory cards you know what i mean the amount of photographs you take <laughs> you know just just be amazing but we'll have to see maybe one day i mean it's not the warmest of climates is it that's the only thing you know it's uh that's never stopped you before i've mean, no, seen you true. do some of your uh, your moon gazing things that you do <laughs> in the middle of a car park freezing your backside off <laughs> yeah I'm like, i have to go now i'm hypothermia's just setting in <laughs> it's all good it's all good so I think we're going to take a, a short break there and when we come back Will's going to go into the Sky Guide we'd like to mention that it isn't actually Will's Sky Guide that we're doing today it's actually Ross's Sky Guide but Will as I say is deputised for Ross so if there's any problems with it it's <laughs> Ross alright <laughs> you could put on a special pair of glasses and look up into the night sky you would see something amazing a sky full of exoplanets planets orbiting stars beyond our own solar system a team of superhero space telescopes in a sense has done just that using powerful technology they've peered into space discovering thousands of these distant planets and unveiling their secrets The first exoplanet discoveries were very down-to-earth. They were made from the ground. Pioneering new techniques, ground-based telescopes began capturing evidence of giant, scorchingly hot planets around other stars. But to see exoplanets more clearly, including small rocky worlds like our own, telescopes needed a boost. We began launching them into space, lifting them above Earth's atmosphere. This superhero team of space telescopes, Hubble, Chandra, Spitzer, Kepler, and Tess, were free from all the noise and interference from Earth's atmosphere, jittering air molecules, scattering light, clouds, and moisture. And the curtain parted on a galaxy crowded with exoplanets, giant ones, tiny ones, rocky and gaseous, deep frozen and superheated, Planets with two or three suns, super-Earths, mini-Neptunes, and worlds that were just plain weird, like nothing we had ever seen before. And now, a new marvel of technology joins NASA's team, the James Webb Space Telescope. Its infrared vision can peer into the atmospheres of exoplanets, expanding what we know about distant worlds. High on the list of odd exoplanets to observe is a terrifying place where it might rain glass sideways. This exoplanet is called HD 189733b, and it's a hot Jupiter, a 
a giant, gaseous world that hugs its star in such a tight orbit that its temperature is more than 1,700 degrees Fahrenheit. Its winds howl at more than 5,400 miles per hour. HD 189733b has been a favorite target of our space telescopes. Spitzer measured its temperature and winds. Hubble discovered that the planet's clouds are deep blue due to the raining glass or silicates. And Chandra observed its star in X-rays, watching the planet's shadow as it passed in front of the star. A much larger shadow than previously thought because huge amounts of the planet's atmosphere are evaporating into space. NASA's next great observatory, the James Webb Space Telescope, will also turn its supervision on HD 189733b. Like Spitzer, it sees in powerful infrared light, but Webb's vision will penetrate far more deeply into this planet's atmosphere and others than ever before. What will it find? Put it all together and it's a super team. Extraordinary telescopes, exceptional vision, and mind-expanding exoplanet discoveries. This is TGP Nominal. So, welcome back to TGP Nominal. So, Will, May, what do you got for us? Well, let's just talk about planets, first of all, because if you've noticed over the last few weeks, uh, there's been lots of excitement regarding the four brightest planets in the skies, but it's all been happening in the morning. And in May time, whilst Uranus is very close to the sun, it's gonna be pretty much difficult to see it. Neptune is also close as well, but you'd have to see it in the morning. But that's, you know, it really is a challenge. You have to be really careful as well with, uh, with any objects near the sun, you know, once they've set. However, just before sunrise in May, you should be able to spot Venus and Jupiter, more so at the beginning of the month when they're both quite close together still. And then to the right of them, you've got Mars and then Saturn further to the right. But remember, this is before sunrise, so don't try to be looking for these planets if the sun is, is already up. It's not the best month for planets, like I said, in the evening, you're hardly gonna see any, right? Mercury probably is the only one, again, just at the start of the month. But there is a comet that's brightening at C slash 2017 Panstars K2. It's expected to get brighter throughout the month and it might be a binocular object in the constellation Aquila and towards Ephesus as the month goes on. And the moon isn't in the sky at the start of the month, so it's a great time to do some deep sky hunting for nebulas and galaxies as well. At the top of the month, 1st of May, Jupiter and Venus, like I said, can be really close together in the morning skies, rising about 4.30. Venus will be the easiest to spot, really, really bright, next to the gas giant Jupiter, just right above it. If you, you should be able to get them in the field of view with a pair of binoculars, or maybe even a telescope, okay? But just remember to be really careful with the sun rising quite soon after that, but uh, should be very impressive. On the 2nd of May, just after 9 o'clock, once the sun has set, you should be able to spot a very slender crescent moon. And just to the right of it is the planet Mercury, and they're both nestled in between the clusters, Pleiades to their right and Hyades to the left. So pretty impressive to see the slender moon and planet Mercury on the 2nd. On the 6th of May, at a very minor meteor shower, the Eta Aquarids shower. It's not going to be a great one in the Northern Hemisphere. The point where they seem to come from doesn't rise till around 3 a.m. So you've only got a couple of hours before sunrise and then, you know, obviously then you're going to really struggle. The moon over the next few nights, you should be able to see the mountain range, Montes Apennis, appear out of the shadows. So that'd be a really good thing to spot. On the 10th 
of May. It's a great time to see the jeweled handle and make an appearance on the moon. And the awesome effect is caused by the sunlight on the lunar surface just glinting off the tips of this mountain range, causing them to shine out of the shadows. So definitely one to go for. On the 18th, Mars and Neptune are getting pretty close in the morning sky. But as we said, Neptune's going to be really difficult to spot, even in a telescope. But see if you can give it a go. All right, 18th of May, Mars and Neptune. On the 22nd of May, the morning planets are joined by the moon again. So it'll be very close near Saturn. And then over the course of the days from here, move closer to Mars. And then finally, Jupiter making it an awesome morning sight. On the 25th this morning, you'll see a cool triangle created by Jupiter, Mars and a thin moon. It's a really cool little conjunction here. And you might even spot a very low Venus to the left. On the 27th, if you've got a good low eastern horizon, you may be able to spot Venus with a tiny crescent moon just below it. It's pretty cool to see. And remember, again, when you're looking in this area, be really careful because the sun will just be rising as well. And on the 29th, Jupiter and Mars will now be really close together in the skies. Mars just right off the gas giant, marking the end of the month. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of TGP Nominal and its infinite mission to explore space, science, and technology news. To explore the world of sci-fi, comic-cons, and gaming. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Okay, so on to the Naked Eye object. On the 16th of May, the highlight is the total lunar eclipse when the moon slowly moves into the penumbra of Earth's shadow around 2.30 a.m., where the moon will slowly darken from its left side and then enters the umbra. It will turn red from 3.27 a.m. with totality at 4.29 a.m. I would get up about half an hour before, just take pics of your phone maybe, having a cup of coffee while enjoying this cool event. Binocular object this month. On the 13th of May, the moon will occult, so it'll move literally like an eclipse. It'll move in front of a star from around 1.30 in the morning. It depends on your location. But the bright star Prorima will slowly disappear behind the moon as it moves backwards across the sky. Pomerima is a star in the constellation Virgo. It will appear again on the moon's other side around 2.50 a.m. Binoculars would be a great tool to watch the star slip behind our moon. That would be really awesome to see. It's not often we see these occultations. Our telescope object of the month is the Pinwheel Galaxy. It's been a while since we've last looked at this. So, hey, it's a great time to check out the spiral galaxy around 21 million light years away. It can be found by finding the plow or saucepan asterism in the sky, follow the handle up to the star Mitar, then continue in a line up to the star Al-Qaeda at the end of the asterism. You should find it pretty much to the right of Al-Qaeda, a really nice looking galaxy to see. 
And our astrophotography object, Noctilus and Clouds. We're starting to head into the season now and really nice to take photographs, even on phones. Spot these cool white blue wispy clouds created by burnt up meteors high in the Earth's atmosphere. The sunlight glints up from below from 90 minutes to 120 minutes after sunset or sunrise. So pop out setup before the sun sets and see if you can snap some. Or if you're a mad astronomer, then you can stay up just behind sunrise. Awesome. So, Will, I know you're really busy with Twice Brood Stargazing. What have you guys got coming up? Oh, honestly, it's so exciting. We are in the process and we nearly completed our planetarium. So this is a 60-seater uh, planetarium where actually uh, we decided very recently the planetarium will be great, you know, to, to do the projections of the skies. But what we want to do is have people dining under the stars. So we're gonna have tables inside, we'll have immersive experiences. What it'd be like to eat under the northern lights? Wow. Yeah, under the night sky. But what it like to eat on the moon? You know, we'll project the moon. It'll be like <laughs> eating, you're having dinner on the moon. I mean, how cool is that? I'm so excited. Or if you're a Trekkie like me, who knows, man? Maybe even on the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> so the stargazing has been great. But the planetarium will just literally add another dimension to it. So that'll hopefully be ready round about August time. That sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> and you're still doing your stargazing events throughout the year as well, yeah? So, yeah, guests you know, just love it. I mean, the skies aren't as dark. Our events start a bit later. You know, we can obviously still see, you know, the really bright objects. The telescopes will still do well, you know, even though there's a bit of residual light. I'm really excited as well, you know, for Saturn and Jupiter to be in the skies again, because for a lot of people, Saturn, I don't know what it is. I mean, for me, it was. I don't know about you, Mark, but for me, Saturn, you know, was a huge one. You know, it's something that, um, look at this thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The first time I saw Saturn just blew me away. When people see Saturn for the first time, it does kind of get them hooked into astronomy because it is an amazing thing to see. Yeah. Uh, another one for me, when you see the International Space Station for the first time, that is just... Yeah. You can't believe that that is up there with people living on it. Yes, it is so good. And and it's surprising. There's a lot of people who still haven't seen things like this, you know? Mm -hmm. You ask them, have you seen Space Station? No, I, I don't think so. And you're like, everyone can see it. You know, you just have to be outside at a certain time. You've got clear skies. But it is surprising. I mean, I, I know it kind of sounds crazy for us to say this, but many times I've shown like 80-year-olds, 85-year-olds, it's the first time they've ever looked through a telescope first time they've ever you know seen a planet and they get emotional and there's tears and and it's like i get it we we get it you know it's special man it's something that you have to see definitely is something you know when you do your moon live streams that you do i stand out there on my balcony with my 10 by 50 binoculars listening to you in the background actually watching the same thing yeah, yeah. and it's just wow this is so cool nice <laughs> nice <laughs> That's interesting, that. I should, I should probably do that, shouldn't I? I should encourage people, you know, to get binoculars and then let's look at the moon at the same time sort of thing. Yeah, because wherever you are, it's there. Yeah. And you're seeing exactly the same yes. thing. Yes. Unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere, of course, yes. and then it's daytime, but... Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I need to probably use a, a refracting scope because a lot of people always say, like, why is the moon upside down? Or, you know, why does the moon look different, oh, you yes. know? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got one. We should do that. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Definitely. 
Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So, Will, it's fantastic having you on the show again, and we really appreciate you coming on at short notice. I mean, well, we know you've already said at the beginning of the show that you're known for being doing things at short notice <laughs> i mean especially when you've got something as special as what you have coming up tomorrow we really appreciate you coming on anytime so happy to be asked to come back so anytime we hope to be producing something for you in uh, the next few weeks it's probably not going to go out this month but um watch this space as we say if you are into music I would suggest you listen to our Eurovision annual podcast that we do, which is going to be going out exactly the same time as this podcast. So that's something to look forward to. So now that just leaves me with the usual thing I have to say, and that is thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event.